0: Well, we're back after taking far longer off to a podcast. We even took a little longer off when the podcast that we just did didn't record. It disappeared. So we're going to try and restate everything that we needed to state prior to the statement that we just stated. Am I confusing you yet? I'm trying very hard. Anyway, we've been gone for about three weeks. We have managed to do, we're managing to do two in the month of July out of 4 which isn't bad it sounds better than missing 3 in a row right so okay. we had a reason to miss not really 3 in a row but we had a, miss, a, a reason to risk reason to miss 2 in a row because somebody got married our daughter our baby girl got married to some dude that we uh, I guess we approved of
1: because we're
0: approving of him over time. Um, we did find out just a minute ago that he can cook his own meals, which is good. So we know she's not slave laboring, at mm-hmm. least, um, <laughs> that much. But she currently, she just told us that they like the stereotype. So they're working to fall into a very normal stereotypical relationship, whatever that stereotype is. I'm not sure if it's a, never mind, well, I'm not going to say anything Well, and the question that
1: weird. came up was what makes you ready for marriage like why would yeah because how we've you know always know been marriage. asked when you know you're ready, ready for marriage. kids or when do you know you're um you know i guess mature enough maybe and uh, but there's a, a bunch of different angles on that i feel like people assume when they ask that question and um i remember talking to makai and finally feeling like she was ready and it was only because i felt like she saw it completely different i've always um Felt like it needed to be a deeper matter than just I want to marry. Yeah, or you know, I've got enough money, or I'm I'm old enough, or, or he's cute. I'm yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's or even he's you know got a great job, or there's all these different reasons why yeah. people get married. I think.
0: Is she getting married because he's financially stable, or because he's attractive, or because he has the same vision? or well, There's a lot of things that are there, but not necessarily those are not necessarily earmarks of i'm ready because he fits the profile right it can't be about that to me so i remember
1: one point talking to her and um her saying well you guys said it was fine or "You, you said he was right or whatever you know there was different different uh felt like levels to or maybe it's um gauges that she even went by on her own self and i at one point told her you can't bank it on us you can't on, even someone looking from the outside in cannot tell you when you're ready or or can't tell you that this is the right person or that is the right person. Yeah. Anyway, and I remember for us, it was that, that for me anyway, I had to know that I was literally outside of my own self being obedient to God. That there's a lot in me that's vulnerable. You know, I'm a, I'm a young girl. I've got hormones. I've got dreams of having a home or I've got... You know i even want to cook in my own kitchen or i want to do this or that or um for me it was i want to be in the ministry so i want to you know go in the ministry with somebody but all those things still didn't give me the the foundation that i feel like once it made sense to me that i was being obedient that god had literally laid out for me because i had asked him to let me know who or what you know situation, but mainly who it was that I was going to marry, and I think because I knew I could not bank on my own and literally would not have would want no one to blame, including myself, because I needed to to have a foundation that was deeper and broader. We talked about how um we were both listening to the sermon
0: yeah, i was should we jump into do we come up with a as we were pre talking about this before broadcasting or podcasting it? Did we come up with a, the a, like a simple short sentence to answer of how do you know when you're ready? Um, I mean, and we could like take that and deconstruct it a little bit. Um,
1: we usually don't, I don't feel like that's where we start. With the well, we answer. don't always,
0: I, but I'm, for some reason, but we, so
1: to me, we pre-talked
0: a lot. So I think we did have some, so you, to you it is. The
1: question, yeah, the answer is that, that it can't bank on anything except knowing that you, you're being from my perspective that you're being being obedient to God because there's so much deeper things that go on in marriage this person cannot know you this person cannot meet the needs of your heart when your relationship first and foremost is with Jesus who fulfills everything you are what I was gonna say was that in this sermon Proverbs. See, it wasn't an easy answer this time. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't want to dig. I just said let's make it simple, but you it's can't not. Yeah. Know yourself, and no one can know your pain and your bitterness and your joy. There's two different proverbs that that sermon that he talked about that. So therefore, no one really can meet any of your needs because they can't know them. They can't. So a spouse as close and intimate as a spouse is, there's no way for that person to be able to meet your needs so that's what i well, mean well yeah by the worst thing
0: you can do is ask somebody what their needs are because they don't know what their own yeah needs they don't are. even know what their talk. own are yeah we i always say that and yeah. deal
1: with that in marriage seminars and stuff really. yeah i think well what are you needs and, and what you're saying is
0: in when you're saying this it's it's it sounds simple to say knowing that god has called us because i mean you and i we've been married 31 years and knowing that god called us to the marriage has kept us married at times um, what I was and it what I was simple at all? It, no, no. And I say it—it sounds simple to say it. It's not simple to live it. When it, it. I've said a number of times: life is simple. It's just not easy. In other words, there's there's well, there, there are some things that are—it's we're complex. I'm not saying that. I'm not trying to say you that,
1: want to bring that sermon in and that complexity part. And I agree well, with you. But can we do it in a different way? Because what I sure. what I want to say is that's not a simple statement in the sense that. The world looks at it simply the world to me that's not attached to christ or trying to be understanding the word and the principles of the bible would say you know like we just said it's simple look at them and see if you want to be with them or the sex is good or the money's there or the this or the that right that makes it simple to me it's absolutely not simple and that's why and um, we wanted to bring a little bit into this discussion. What was devastating to me yesterday was to find out that you know, the man who I thought had written a book that was based on the principles of a deeper relationship going into marriage. Um, Josh Harris wrote, wrote a book called I Kiss Dating Goodbye and the man meets girl or man meets woman or something like that. Those two different books, but anyway, the principles of scripture that set that aside, that make it so much broader and different. And complex, really, because of the way God sees it versus the way we usually see it, or the way we walk into dating, or the way we view relationships at all, right? Yeah. You were, you were going to say in that sermon, it's it's, be- it's good to approach it as if humans are a lot more complex than we realize, so there's a lot more going on. Well, what I
0: was saying was the tragedy with what's happening with Harris from an ex, and literally a way outsider's point of view, is when a really, really young person writes a book that's well beyond his years. You and I read that book as young, but parents, we were down the road a little bit. Plus, we had a different worldview when it came to um, materials that were being presented to us. And I, when a 20-year-old writes a book and it's great, you know, they don't always understand what they're coming from. And I felt like maybe that they can get stuck. And saying, now this defines me. And, and I think I heard in mm. um, a video I watched of him talking, as I kind of look deeper into things when things like this happen, I kind of tend to dig a little more. you know. And I, and I picked up from him happened. talking that that defined him. Um, what?
1: We didn't even say what happened.
0: What, that he didn't renounced his book? Yeah. Uh, he he renounced that. his book <laughs> um, and said he was wrong because he put too much emphasis on sex and purity and um, as a result hurting people who had had failings. Um, he'd said that he um so he overvalued sex he um that was one thing that stood out. There were some other points that he made anyway um he made, but the thing was even in listening to those breakdowns um i was I was thinking here 's a guy who wrote a book, and he 's kind of defined himself by it, mm-hmm. and rather than giving himself the grace to mo- to move within the complexities of what life really plays out as. And I think when we're young, we're really idealistic and we can set a standard that says, this is the way I'm gonna be, but as you grow, if you allow yourself to to flex and be changed and challenged, you and I are very different people in the way we see the world. And that's helped us both to grow and mature um, and to see things
1: well, the problem still open, is more back more readily was... the way
0: I think God intends us to do things, to be growing people. Anyway, sure. what?
1: Back to what I was saying, though. If if you reduce those books to what you just said he describes them as, <laughs> I guess, sure, he can renounce them, whatever, but that's not at all what I saw in them. I saw a completely different... I saw a, pers- a perspective of um, God wants us to respect, especially men, to respect women and to um, therefore set sexual um, aspects of a relationship aside until it is a right time and the right place so that all can be protected. There were so, so much good principles about
0: Right, and that's what I'm getting at. Sense. You saw it well, because you were looking at it from a more mature point of view. The
1: problem is now he's getting a divorce. Yeah. So what I'm actually saying is coming all the way back to what we started with. If he was obedient to God, no matter what the principles of Scripture are that he was actually able to live out, because those principles never change. They're standards. They're, they're biblical um and get all you that. know. Sure. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Ideals, like you said. They're the ideals that God the, yeah. that God puts forth, and they don't change. So He can't take those back. He can take back His emphasis on them if He wants to, or His things the way He thinks He saw them. But what I'm trying to say is, so what happened in his marriage? What What is it that rocked the boat there? Yeah, and we don't
0: know that. We right. just know that the you marriage dissolved. I'm so I'm speculating and saying that here's a guy who. The only thing that I could come up with, and I'm sure he—if I sat down with this fellow—and you know he would say, "Yes, that's true," or "Oh, I hadn't thought of it that way," or "You're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about." But the only thing I can deal with in that is that, from what I could tell, from what has been carefully worded and stated, and the guy who's controlling this, the, is what, that he's even backed off from
1: his faith. <laughs> As he's
0: backed away from his faith. He's backed away from. So there's, I'm the only way I can see someone totally walking away from their faith in this kind of regard is that they were living to the letter of a law rather than understanding and truly grasping what it was. Relationship was not the priority. Getting it right was the priority. And that's the problem that human beings face. If we deal with our entire, if my goal is to make sure I do marriage perfectly and your expectation of me is that I do marriage perfectly, (laughs) it's over before it starts. Absolutely. And so my goal needs to say, I want to do everything I can because, gosh, I mean, I started to say, my goal should be, I started to just contradict my own thought. My goal is to be the best I can be so that I can love you the best I can. Well, I'm definitely not doing a good job at that goal. I'm heavier than I should be. I'm not as attentive to your needs as I should be. I fail in a lot of ways as a good spouse. Um, I want a a husband. not just a spouse. I'm a particular kind of spouse. Um, And and I, but so I don't, I don't measure up, not by... You know what would be a, what a lot of people would say. You're you're a better person if you're this kind of person. But what I am, to me, what I am, I am dedicated to, as a spouse, to not making myself the first priority. That I want. I want to live my life. To me, maturity is to be able to um, live my life Set for the benefit of my family, aside. the benefit of my wife first, and then my family. To, to live my life for the benefit of my community. Again, I don't want to live my life so- trying to gain personal benefit from, I don't want to take from my community, I want to give to my community, trusting that God will give me back
1: what I need. And again, seeing much deeper um, truths in everything we do, because it's not about us. Like you're saying, it's not about me, it's not about you. There's a much uh, heavier weight, I think. And I, I liked, again, that sermon that we were listening to with Tim Keller was... Talking about how, you, when the Bible says that we can't know ourselves, and it says that no one can know our own bitterness, or or no one shares, you know, my. In other words, the heart knows its own bitterness, and no one shares its joy. No one can know me except God, because He created me. He, He knows everything about me. And if that proverb says that, it also says a man's ways seem right to him, and. But the Lord weighs his motive. We can't even know our own self. So how in the world could we ever actually know our own needs, know our own, you know, be fulfilled in just about any way because we're always going to be lonely or we're always going to have some sort of loneliness that no one can understand. Anyway, all the way back to, if we'd have not settled in our soul that God's presence and his um, His love, his acceptance, his communion with Him is the only thing that's really going to ever fulfill us. Then, again, back to my premise of being ready for marriage. That's the only thing that can set us ready for marriage so so that we know that everything after that is just being obedient to Him. So if I'm being obedient to Him by, by going ahead and following through in a, a relationship that He has seemingly set up and, and I'm called to that, like you said, or whatever then that it removes it from me. It removes it from it being so heavy that I can't bear it. Because, first of all, I don't have to hold you to a standard that you can't live up to. Mm-hmm. And then, second of all, I don't have to hold my, even my own self to that standard. Because I'm going to fall back on Him. I'm going to allow Him to be my uh, foundation, my rock, that is steady when I can't be steady. Right. Anyway, that sermon was great because it was talking all about, or I felt like it was, About the identity of what we long for, and how we can't—we're not going to find that in marriage. We may think we can, and we, as Christians, we default setting is to say, you know, well, get married and have whatever. Well, okay, so that's another thing entirely.
0: I mean, you're—I'm thinking, you know. We've already answered the question in previous podcasts, so go back and listen to them, on mm-hmm. how do I know if I've married the right one. I think we've pretty much said you can be married, whichever one you're with is the one. <laughs> so deal with it. Um, don't look in the right one. Yeah, sure, attract, those kinds of things. We're talking about, you know, how do I know when I'm ready to be married? You know, from our perspective, God's a big part of that because we're Christians and we're coming from that perspective and saying that we have a relationship with him else. that's saying, here's some things that need to happen. But on, on, on another else. hand of that, um to you know when' talking about complexity in this, you've been mentioned that uh micaiah had asked you guys you know or had at one point said, Well, you said this or that, and there was this dialogue that was happening between you know where she was wrestling with that question herself, and she came to terms and said, well i am content that this is what I'm supposed to do. still, I will tell you right now, Micaiah. Um, Bradley, Hannah, um, and Micaiah's husband, Micah. Uh, none of us, none of them, are ready to be married. I mean, we're none of us are ready, in the sense that, um, and bear with me. I'm getting to a point. In the sense that, um, don't make fun of me because I make hand gestures and nobody can see. On the that's just mean. I make hand gestures. I talk. So that none of us are ready, in the sense that. We are still in the process of being made. In other words, right now, the readiness aspect was we're ready, we're willing to make the commitment to the process of being made into one. We we make a covenant, we make a, a decision, and we give ourselves all of ourselves to this to the to our mate, to our spouse. And the, what the beauty of marriage is is that, is that it's not a um, I'm just com- uh, commodifying you and saying hey I'm going to come and and take from you what I need. When you just have sex with somebody, you're just meeting your needs for physical intimacy through that person, or not even intimacy, just for physical satisfaction. But when you get married, you're giving everything—your warts and your bad and your good—and everything's coming into that relationship, and you're completely melding together in that. And so there's a decision that's being made. I'm willing to risk life with you, and do whatever it has, whatever I have to do, to. Um, to work to make that work, to, to to become whole one with you. Am I making any sense? I'm trying to to, to yeah, kind of address it. Is I, I there's think a that's it, good, there's some of it where you're is, you're never really gonna be there's well, gonna be nerves. What, you're never gonna be really quite there. I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: That's what I'm saying. I I don't think I could ever have even said I was able to take the risk or Maybe, But to me...
0: Well, you don't know who you're really marrying when you stand up in front of women. Exactly. You. Yeah.
1: So you can sign on the bottom line and say, I'm ready, but I'm not ready. You're exactly right. I could never be ready. That's. I think that's why I've said to me, to remove it from your own self. To set it over here and say, God, this is yours. If you've called me this. And obviously there's some things you fall into, such as, I know that I'm attracted to this man. And according to the Bible... The, play, the place for that is marriage. So that means I need to consider what about marriage. Well, mm-hmm. then, to me, then, the higher calling comes into effect. If you want to be obedient to God, he says this is the right setting. So then I'm being obedient to God. Yes, um, things about me have to be willing to make that true for the rest of my life, I guess, in that sense. But, again, every day is is setting myself, like you just said, is setting ourselves aside and not being about our own selves, because otherwise life doesn't have it's it's that's too shallow of an existence. If you if life doesn't have a heavier uh, purpose, meaning, whatever the good word is there, and maybe even responsibility, there's no point in it anyway. And it's not going to bring any joy or fulfillment. And you're not going to make it through the pain and the you know endure the the difficult parts. Unless you have a heavier sense of why you're there or what it is that's holding you. or You know, in other words, that's what I'm saying. I, don't, I wouldn't want anyone to lay on their spouse. Well, I'm, will, I'm willing to risk this with you. Unless it was that they also knew that God would also be the fulfillment of all the, that risk. In other words, you, you might or might not, you know, have that same commitment. But... I don't know. I just feel like it, it's a... I guess what I'm trying to say is someone's ready for marriage when they're ready to at least deal with the deeper matters. They can at least see that God is in this or God's got the... Um, it's, they're dealing with the whole person, which includes their spiritual existence. Because they can't just throw themselves... And marriage itself is it's so much bigger, broader. Maybe that's why it's so... Deep a subject these days No one wants to approach it
0: (laughs) It's kind of a weird question In the sense that I don't know For some reason I'm sitting here Thinking through this And I'm going Being ready for marriage Or being ready for um, is When are we ready to stop Playing around with life You Mm, know Right You know Goofing off with it I was I, I guess what I mean by that is there has to, maturity is when we are not about ourselves anymore. Mm-hmm. When we have come to conclude that there's the greater communal good, the greater communal good, that sounds so interesting. The greater good, the greater good of the community, of ourselves, of the people around us being concerned about others is, is more important than having our own needs met. Yeah. And in that, we then begin to dedicate our lives to that end rather than our own end does that make sense in yeah, other words I don't want I
1: just have struggle I have struggled with it just being just that because I do agree with you that makes it like we've been talking about that brings a depth of life it brings a little bit more of a sense of meaning but there's bigger meaning to me and that's what I was hearing in that sermon that's even more about more than just about the people around you because if you there's lots of you've talked about this, we s- we know a lot of people who are just going through life because they love whatever they love their children they love their spouse they're doing they're doing it, they live great lives because they have that. yeah because they have a lot of people around them that they're living for or that they're you know their their purpose and meaning are are brought to the uh, forefront because of the people they care about around them and that's that's a god a trait within us, a God type trait, right, that He's put within us. But to me, the very first commandment, love the Lord your God, or the greatest commandment, with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, is still what people are missing. There's still that depth of well, yeah, eternal I, value that I'm There's I think So can't, which, we if, can't if I'm discuss. hearing
0: you correctly, what you're saying is that, sure, people might even be able to achieve that selfless the appearance of that selflessness to some degree on their own. However, there's another I layer think that's absent but. if there's not a spiritual or God, and a, a, the component of God, of what of our connection to God. Loving God is how we define how to love one another. So, yeah, I, sure. is that what you're saying?
1: Yes, but also because that's the only thing that brings eternal value, even to loving each other. In other words, you you give yourself up. That's, that is maturity. I agree with you 100%. I just think there's a piece of it that is... The spiritual nature of ourselves or of our beings are that we can't just be about ourselves. We can't just be about p- other people. We also have to deal with the God who created us, who knows us better than we know ourselves, better than we can ever even give, and who can give better than we can. Love and define love for us, right? Like you were just saying. Sure. Are you
0: done? All right. Um... I don't know what I was gonna say. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs>
1: that's what I got. Well, that's what you're saying, but I, I think as Christians we know that there's de- there's deeper even just than the world would call maturity. But saying you're ready for marriage, that's absolutely you're right. The very first place that people should go, even if they don't know Christ. Well, but to me, those those of us who know that there's a deeper sense of meaning even than just living for you know someone else besides yourself. There's also understanding that the only one who could never know you or fulfill your needs, therefore you can be uh, help fulfilling other needs, is God who created you.
0: Well, I think in the marriage, though, there is a deeper sense, too, because, I mean, you're you're giving yourself completely away to that person, everything. Whereas when you're in just a—when you feel like you're living together or you're just dating— you're not at that point you're there's still this sense of holding something back because if you're just uh, you know and if you're just living with someone and, t- and then you're kind of in this eternal audition for um, something deeper that's not yet fulfilled, um, and while ultimately life we won't find ourselves completely fulfilled in this life, you know.
1: well, I guess that's exactly what I'm saying too, if you're ready to be single, which most people aren't ready to be single in one frame or another then you're ready to be married. Because if you can be single and be fulfilled and understand that your purpose is greater, then you can also be married because you can you can live according to that understanding, that purpose. That
0: well, are we saying by accident, or, on, or just to be clear, are we saying that you aren't ready to get married unless you're ready to... Um,
1: to be alone? To
0: be alone, no. Yeah, well, <laughs> that... You did just say that, but I don't think that's what you were getting at. I I mean, I'm wondering if we would leave people going, I need to make sure I've reached this apex before I can jump in. Um, But in reality, I think what we're saying is, I'm willing to get to give myself away to this person entirely. And c- commit myself to allowing myself to grow in that relationship. I, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't, don't know w- what you mean by... Well, I just, you know, I knowing just, no, the people I, around I me that have a legalistic standard that says, I've got to be this before I can do that.
1: You mean you've got to find God is your only source? Yeah. I do yeah, understand. no, no, Cause no. Because no, I don't that's, think anybody should enter marriage
0: but that's even there, without Tanya, understanding
1: that it's it's literally so much deeper. And I I do think... I even agree like, with
0: that, but I, I what I'm trying to get at is there's... There's um, all I'm saying is there's this sense of yes that's my conviction and my commitment and then there's the understanding that I'm still not there yet. In other words, I'm willing to say I'm going to make this step and I'm going to do everything I can to, to to follow after God and everything in life. But the problem that we had we were talking earlier about where um, what happened with Harris is that there was this standard that was created in his mind. It seemed. That was impossible for him to continue to live up to. Maybe I'm not getting at what i maybe I'm just trying to think this out loud too much and I shouldn't be. I want people to understand that there is a commitment to a thing, a verbal, mental, emotional, but and spiritual commitment to a thing. That's what we're saying. But there's also part of that is an acknowledgement that you're young and you're stupid and you don't really know what you're committing to so there's also the commitment to realize that you're young and you're stupid and you don't know what you're committing to so you're committing to allow the people around you the your relationship with god to continue to shape you that you know you you don't have to arrive entirely to be ready you have to be ready to understand that you're now on this journey there's there needs to be a releasing of I don't know. Yeah,
1: I'm pretty sure. I don't think I know
0: what I'm talking about anymore. Never I about. said
1: there was any arriving. I agree. With
0: you. Yeah, well, that's all I'm saying, and that's all I really want to get at is that I don't want people to misconstrue what we're saying as you have to arrive at something that you just have to realize that this is where I'm at on the journey, and I'm committed to take this next step, and I'm willing to do that, and I'm ready to go there. Like oh, having I've kids. Seen. When are you ready to have kids? We didn't talk. We didn't talk about this really, but you are ready to have kids? You're never ready to have kids. You, you figure it ready. out. You're ready to go ahead. Yeah.
1: And, huh? When you get married, like you said, yeah, you're start you Yeah, when you start having sex, when
0: you get married, you obviously... To me, it's also right when
1: you start having sex at all, yeah. So, yeah. people think they're ready for that, but they're not necessarily ready for kids. They're wrong, because that's exactly what that was created. Right, well, was, well
0: that's so. what they don't realize they're saying, but, but uh, yeah. But, that, but then that's what but I'm I getting don't,
1: at. I don't understand your rival thing, because all I've really said is that it, it seems as if there's going to be no contentment there's going to be no lasting marriage unless you have first decided that you are content on your own within yourself it can't be about that person it can't be about a, a glorious sort of set of circumstances that makes you ready for marriage that's all i really was saying
0: but in that contentment though i guess what i'm getting at is is that contentment <laughs> this is the complexity and layers thing that we've been talking about too contentment sometimes is a statement of belief regardless of how you feel um you know i know this to be true therefore i'm living by it as well as um that'd be
1: why i called it obedience because it's not yeah sometimes it's it's not an understanding of who you are what you're good at that's not what i've said it's it's an an admitting or admittance acknowledgement that there's a greater one than you that you answer to. yeah
0: okay that's all i'm not just trying to drag this out, I'm just trying to think through it. For some reason, that's where I get stuck a lot of times when I'm trying to think through a process, is as soon as I get to the end of one thing, I'm stuck with, oh wait, did I consider this? And maybe that's maybe all I'm trying to do here, is is that. But it's, I think that the reality is, you know...
1: I think everyone knows in the back of their minds they can't be... Like, they can't on their own be what they need to be like you said on Sunday when you preach everybody's hiding something so until you know that you it's bigger than you it's broader than you it's something you've got to fall back on that's bigger than you are because you you cannot do it you can't accomplish this stuff you know? and that's all yeah. I mean, meaning by I don't even think that's a maturity I think that's an enlightenment that's a that's an awakening that's a spiritual
0: so why do people lose that you think uh, this is totally off the subject maybe but I just it leads me to wonder how you know, I, it's just because Josh Harris's thing, he's not the only one that we've known that have thought that looked like everything was good. There was a couple in Arizona that we knew whose kid does a podcast that's pretty popular, you know, or a or YouTube channel that's pretty popular, you know, that they were very involved in a big church and they seemed to have it all together. They looked really good on the surface,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but and, and they're still well, married, but they've walked away from
1: again, their I faith
0: think. entirely from what I understand.
1: Why does that happen? Again, I think Tim Keller really touched on that. I, I think that once you've ever been alone in a real sense of it's just me or whatever, and you've noticed, understood, sensed, really grasped God's presence is with you. And he, how did he put it? He, he said something like painted your heart with his love or, or in a sense that, there's a real tangible understanding God is with me God is here that to me is a true um, that's the only way that you can begin a relationship with God so a lot of people from my understanding even this Josh didn't really say he had walked away from Jesus no he didn't totally say that he misunderstands or is reevaluating his understanding of Yeah,
0: Christ. I'm going to hold out hope that that's how I read that.
1: Yeah, right. But there's also a, a true sense of the Bible and God's authority is is above us and we can never grasp it. There's no way we'll ever understand it. We literally bow to me on, in a prostate sense of to who he is. So, I think people who try to understand too much or who try to interpret things too deeply and and I would say I'm guilty of that sometimes when a child is hurt or or dies or a, a situation where you can't understand it and you yeah. can't give sense to it there are some deep things in you that will rattle that will say but the Bible's really clear that the one who knows him is unshakable and unmovable and I think yeah. in that sense because you can bow to what you don't understand or can never actually grasp so so maybe, like he talked, Josh talked about in his talk that we listened to a little bit, that acted like it was kind of about him that he was doubting all his things. Again, that's to what me, his talk was about. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't a sense of this principle is still true. This is God's, not mine. He was trying to hold on to something of his, his own.
0: Yeah, he was right. He was. He was wrong. He was the one that did. He did this.
1: Yeah. And I'm sitting here going. And I'm sure it's because of his pain, because yeah. he's going through a divorce. And he's questioning everything he's ever understood about marriage and, and the way God sees marriage. Maybe, or yeah. Maybe the relationship between a husband and wife. I don't know, but it's through pain. A lot of times we can't resolve things, right? We can't well, be I was, God you know, God what God crossed
0: it. my mind was, so basically, because <laughs> it's kind of this is kind of this weird meld of what you're saying and what I'm saying. You know, I'm saying no matter when I get to the end of a point, I start thinking about other problems, and I wind up getting in this circular conversation with myself. So I really think it's kind of like a child who has no idea how to figure out what's going on, but trusts that mom and dad kind of got this and they just kind of fall in mom and dad's arms and say, mom, you understand? Or dad, you understand? And yes, kind of think that's what we feel like. And I think that's what God wants is we can have these conversations and we can open it up and say, you know, here's something or here's something. And what we tend to do is in our own small minds is we reduce it to something that's simple that we can understand and we try to hang on to that but in reality until we can just say i really have no flipping idea how to totally resolve this and throw ourselves into god's arms and say you got this right trust. and just yep. trust and he says yes You're continue trust. to be faithful i continue mean be i can obedient. see
1: glimpses of temptations to doubt to walk away to do whatever because we all doubt we all we all struggle with reconciling truths and and different things we see Mm -hmm. going on in the world and whatever I could see temptations to deny this or that but when you really that's why I was back to this sermon I think today when you sat in God's presence and known it you cannot walk away from that
0: yeah sure
1: but there's so many who sit in pews who think they worship think they understand that I think who really never done that by themselves alone that's why why I said that about marriage by myself alone I can sit in the middle of a floor and know that God exists that he loves me that I don't have to do something particular to please him except believe in the name of Jesus yeah there's something about that that allows me then to go on with life that particular thing is settled and everything else take it with a grain of salt you take it day by day you don't
0: yeah, no, I I made a statement. I wonder if this is applies here, just because it just popped into my head. I told you the other day that, I kind I had a thought. You know, Jesus tells the story about the treasure and the pearl. When you find, when you're in a piece of land and you find a pearl, mm-hmm. you sell everything you have and you go back and buy the land so you can get the pearl. I was thinking about it a little differently in that, you know, we may have done all that, you know, bought the lands because the then we go back to try and dig up the pearl and we wind up getting. Confused by other things we find in the dirt, and we wind up focusing on the you know things that are not the pearl, the pearl's in the dirt we 're getting dirty looking for it, but, but rather than digging it up we 're looking at fool's gold or something else, or even something that 's terrible and and we stay there and we never get back to the pearl we never get to this to what 's beautiful to begin with, and we can 't lose sight of what 's beautiful to begin with I think or what's most valuable in in
1: so and in, in all this talk of uh, going back to the Garden of Eden when we when God declared or told us, we did not, couldn't handle the knowledge of good and evil. I think what the ultimate is, is we can't even understand what good is. Good is is completely outside of our, the realm of getting that. So when we think of God as good, and we have these particular standards in our minds that, that is what good is, and then that doesn't happen. Hmm. All of a sudden, now God isn't good anymore. He hates me. He does this. Yeah, because it's that, based that, upon our it. standard
0: rather than yeah the truth. So
1: people in the world who can't resolve again can't resolve pain or can't resolve, or they see this or that and think God didn't wasn't good to me. He I didn't get this or that thing that He promised or that I thought He wanted to give me, or or I should be taken care of this way, or I should be I should have this in my life, or and people turn away because they again they're. I told my mother in a text this morning, or today, this week, I don't know when it was, this week. (laughs) Thank you for teaching me Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Don't lean on your own understanding. Mm -hmm. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. Because in the beginning of that verse is trust in the Lord. Right. We trust Him. We don't trust our our idea of Him, our understanding of Him. And that's not... Our idea
0: could be wrong. Our understanding could be wrong.
1: Well, yeah. another it way often I explained is. it to her, the way I see it is, we could see a piece of something. Like for instance, there's all these pictures on the web, and they, they blow up a tiny little piece of something, to try to get you to figure out what it is. Mm, you know, I've no, seen those I haven't played that game. I, I can never guess them because it's all this you know intricately whatever. And if you draw back from it, sure you can identify yeah. it. Yeah. We look. The Bible says we know in part, we see in part. And he's talking about love and faith and everything in that chapter. It's the, from the love chapter.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But, but when we're with him, we'll see him as he is. We'll know the full picture. Know in part, meaning we literally have this tiny little glimpse of something. We've got it all wrong. We've got it all miscued because all we see is this tiny glimpse. Of something. I'm thinking of picturing a mountain from one angle. You would never know it was even a mountain. You, yeah. you might think it was a rock or you might think it's a...
0: It is a rock, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like an iceberg. We see the tip of it, but we don't see the whole.
1: Yeah, you can never know the perspective. You can really never know what you're looking at. You can be completely wrong about what you're even looking at. Mm -hmm. So I believe that that that's what we're supposed to understand. That's the fear of God. That's the awe of God. That is the, we can never grasp it. But if we think we can, then again, we're, we're looking at ourselves, we're, and that's ultimately our failure. We're ultimately yeah, going to fall on that. I don't
0: know. Well, Start we've been talking for selves, way more than an hour about this subject matter, and we've only managed to capture <laughs> maybe 30 minutes of it or so because we are not going to go back and try and figure out stuff we said <laughs> totally. that didn't record properly the first time. We're just going to go, hey, whatever you get, you got. Um, but we're glad that we took the time to sit down and have this conversation again. Yeah. And, um, it's fun even if
1: nobody listens to you.
0: That's right. Even There's if it's just kids. you and me talking <laughs> to ourselves and just storing it somewhere so that when we die, our kids will miss us and want to hear our voices <laughs> and they'll want to go back and find us somewhere if Apple doesn't delete us because nobody listened to begin with. Anyway, <laughs> for, the, for whichever one of you is out there listening, be it few or be it fewer, um, thanks for listening and we'll, uh, we'll do this again sometime. Hopefully next
1: week.